heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a March 31st Friday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host for today, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer for the Associated Press, Blazers Edge, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and of course, the host of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have a wide variety of shows covering the NBA, NFL, college basketball, women's basketball. We have so much to cover on the Locked On Podcast Network. And thank you for joining us once again here on Locked on Blazers. I hope that you listened to and enjoyed uh, another Dane Carbaugh Twitter mailbag uh, last night following the victory. Shout out to Dane for uh, covering last night for me as I was on AP duty for a TNT game and... Uh, not only was it a TNT game, it was a Houston Rockets TNT game. So there were lots of fouls. There were lots of free throws. Uh, the game moved pretty slow. Uh, but don't don't cry for me. But Dane uh, had me covered, answered your Twitter questions. Uh, always love that. Always love his insight on on the team and the league. Uh, with you know, his writing for NBC Sports and his Dane, not Dan, uh, YouTube channel that does a great job of breaking things down. Uh, shout out to Dane for covering me last night after the Blazers won 117-107 against the Houston Rockets. Uh, not going to do, you know, a whole lot of, of recapping of that game because I think Dane did a, did a good job, though I was there, so... Uh, I'll, I'll let you know what I heard and saw. And uh, Mike D'Antoni thinks this team is going to be uh, a handful in the playoffs. Uh, that's Rockets coach Mike D'Antoni uh, saying after the game uh, that that Yusuf Nurkic has, has given Portland new life. Uh, here's the full quote from D'Antoni after the game. About Nurkic, he's given them new life. He's a big dude. He's a talented basketball player. And then you've got the two little guys out front, so they're a lot more solid now than they were. I'm sure they've got confidence, and there'll be a handful in the playoffs. They're going to be in the playoffs. So uh, Mike D'Antoni, even though Portland still has not clinched a playoff spot, uh, already calling that, that the Blazers will make it into the postseason Which uh, is a hard take to argue with at this point, uh, with uh, about seven game with seven games here to go, and Portland holding a one and a half game lead over the Denver Nuggets, the Blazers' magic number to make it into the playoffs and clinch a playoff spot is six. That means that 
any combination of Denver losses or Blazers victories that add up to six between now and the end of the season will guarantee the Blazers a playoff spot. Denver, by the way, does play tonight or uh, early evening, uh, 4 o'clock West Coast tip-off. They play in Charlotte, a team that is out of the playoffs, basically, uh, even though they haven't been mathematically eliminated. uh, They're kind of on the edge there. Uh, They are three games out of the eighth seed with seven to go. So uh, not likely that they will make the playoffs. So uh, could be a potential tank scenario uh, for Charlotte uh, because it seems like every team right now that isn't uh, in a playoff race or in a seeding battle, it it, it doesn't really care right now and is trying to tank because the the possibility to get uh, you know, a top 10 pick, it, 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 they're, they're not that far away. I mean, Charlotte is only two games back of, of the 10th pick in the draft. So uh, we could see some late season jockeying for draft position amongst the teams that are, are slowly being eliminated. And, and Charlotte is one of those. So that, uh, you know, may not be the best chance for Portland to pick up a loss uh, on the Nuggets. Uh, but you never know. Uh, perhaps uh, Charlotte plays with some pride and, and maybe uh, the the thought of ruining somebody else's season when your season as the Hornets has been ruined uh, and been very disappointing. Maybe that that appeals to them. But uh, no matter what, the next game uh, is going to be a tough game for the Nuggets. Uh, they'll be heading to Miami for a game that both teams need uh, if they want to have any hopes of getting into the playoffs so that should be a good game and uh i think a better potential for a loss but back to uh the uh talking point from mike d'antoni and whether the blazers are going to be viable as a playoff team in the western conference right now it, it doesn't look like they'll have any chance to get up to the seventh seed which uh still would be playing san antonio uh, instead of Golden State, which there is a difference there, especially if Kevin Durant is available for the Warriors, but uh, it's not much of a difference. If you're Portland, though, they did look very good against the Spurs. They won in San Antonio a couple of weeks ago, uh, even though the Spurs were kind of out of whack in that game. It was kind of a weird Spurs game. It was also LaMarcus Aldridge's first game back after uh, the uh, heart uh, thing that he, he dealt with. So, uh, you know, maybe that's not the best game to, to take from a, a matchup standpoint on Portland and San Antonio, as we've learned over the years in, in the regular season matchups with San Antonio, you can't really, uh, count on that to carry over, but, uh, yeah, uh, Portland and their viability as a playoff team is definitely a hot topic right now because, they're playing great. They've won five in a row, their longest win streak of the season now. They have won eight of their last ten outside of Golden State. They are the hottest team in the league right now. And 
the podfather of the Locked On Network, David Locke, host of Locked On Jazz and Locked On NBA, had the coach on this week. Uh, David usually has a rotating guest, uh, a rotating crew of guests, which include uh, people in the NBA. And this week he had the coach on Locked On NBA. And one of the topics that he touched on with coach was the viability of Portland as a playoff team. What damage can they do? Would they scare Golden State? And uh, here's what the coach had to say. And I think it's a kind of a good time to, to talk about this following what uh, D'Antoni said last night about the Blazers uh, being a handful in the playoffs. So here's coach on this week's Locked On NBA podcast hosted by David Locke. All right, my next two ones you can laugh at me for. You know, but that's the purpose of having you on is because I have stupid thoughts and I need someone to buffer them. This what makes it fun, David. So I watched Portland uh, handle Denver last night. And I thought to myself, if I'm Golden State and I'm watching this film, I don't like it. Is there any? Like, I don't think they could beat them. But can Portland make Golden State nervous in the first round? Well, let's put it this way. For a 1-8 uh, matchup, yes. Um, I'm with you. I don't think they can beat them. Uh, but, you know, Portland has been in the playoffs the last few years and, have, you know, have won some series. So, you know, it's not like they're a, you know, an up-and-coming eight seed. They they have won series in the last few years. So they're – and they have their main players who have been a part of winning a series. Um, so, yeah, do I think they can make it interesting? Yes. Um, you know, do I think they can beat them? No. But I think, it, you know, it won't be your typical 1-8 series uh, if they're the one that, that gets in. I was bothered last year – Watching San Antonio play turned out to be right against Oklahoma City because Oklahoma City was bigger, stronger, and faster at every position. If San Antonio gets to the one seed and they play Portland and Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili have to run around and try to guard Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, is that a bad matchup for the Spurs? Uh, you know that's a it's a good question. I I think the size thing then with, with you know the the uh, one thing that uh, Portland uh, doesn't do well is uh, they haven't been a great rebounding team and they don't guard the three. And, um, you know I think the the size of San Antonio would bug them. I know you brought that up. Um, but I, no, I, I think Portland's a viable team. And you know I, I, am I going to sit here and say we're going to see a eight matchup eight uh, beat a one this year, especially as good as those two teams have been? No. Uh, so I think you're you're trying to, you know, maybe make it a little more than it is, David. But I I do think that they're both well coached. Portland has guys that have been there, and let's put it this way: if I was number one seed, I'd much rather play Denver than I would Portland. There you heard from coach on Locked On NBA about whether the Blazers will be a threat in the playoffs, and if you want to be around for some of those playoff games that are looking. At ever more likely here in Portland. I think the place that you should look for playoff tickets is SeatGeek. You have college basketball in the home stretch with the college semis this weekend, NBA playoffs just around the corner. And the best way for you to get into the action for yourself is with SeatGeek. Buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app, website, that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell their tickets. 
and it's the first place that I go when I need to look for tickets for a game or a concert. I have the app on my phone. I just used it uh, a couple of months ago to get tickets for a game with buddies in town. It was super easy, super convenient. I looked at the deal score to find the best deal, and it saved me time and money, and it also saved me the worry of, of how am I going to get a ticket, where am I going to get it from, and, and, and am I getting uh, the, right, the right price. But the best thing about SeatGeek is that my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase, and to collect that $20 rebate on tickets, you must download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code, and hit and enter promo code LOBLAZERS, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOBLAZERS today. Shout out to SeatGeek, who have supported Locked On Blazers for uh, a while now, for the entire season pretty much. So shout out to them. Uh, Boisers, with the win last night, how are they as a playoff team? What have they been doing differently? What has gotten into this team? Uh, and, and what has been part of the turnaround? Uh, one of the things that I do want to talk about with regards to last night's game, and it's something that I called out in my uh, gamer for the AP, was that Portland kept their turnover total pretty low, actually, in the last two games. Uh, against Denver, I thought they did a really nice job. They were single-digit turnovers. And then uh, against the Rockets, they had 12, but they managed to, you know, they they were really good in relation to the Rockets. Uh, they had a, a plus-six turnover differential. And that comes after having four straight games of 13 turnovers or more. So uh, Portland is averaging... Ten and a half now over these last uh, couple of games, and they've done a better job of taking care of the ball. And then another thing that's kind of happened uh, as part of this late season surge is that they have been a top ten defense uh, in the same span of time that they have had this uh, revival. They have really risen up to another level their their offense has obviously been fantastic uh everyone can see that uh everyone notices that when when Damian Lillard's having games like he had in Miami where he's putting up 49 points and he had eight games in the month of March where he scored 30 points so everyone knows that Portland can score right now uh, I will say one of the one of the fallacies I think of this season was that Portland was an explosive offensive team. They were not an explosive offensive team for much of the season, and have really only been uh, one of the top offensive teams, uh, one of the elite offensive teams uh, in this this late season run. So that's been part of the formula. But of course, they've also been a top ten defense. They are ninth in the league in in defensive rating after last night's game, which uh, probably didn't help their defensive rating, seeing as they were playing the second-best offense in the league. But they have just been a little bit better. They've just been better on both sides of the ball. There's really uh, no uh, way around that. The numbers say that. Their play has said that. And uh, even they think that. And... 
Damian Lillard talked about the team playing with a sense of urgency. And I asked Terry Stotts what he thought about the turnovers, and he thinks that that goes hand-in-hand with the defense. So uh, I was curious about uh, how the players felt about that, how they have, uh, how they feel they've kind of made that turnaround. So uh, talked to Maurice Harkless about the turnovers, and then uh, Alfred Camino, who is the team's best defender probably, I uh, got his insight on, on what's been different for them defensively since uh, that's kind of his specialty. So here's Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu on uh, how Portland uh, has has improved on both ends by valuing possessions and, and just being uh, more focused and, and just playing. They're just executing better. So here's Mo Harkless, Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu. You guys have the turnovers down the last couple of games. What do you think is behind that? Hmm? The turnovers have been down the last couple of games. What do you think is behind that? I mean, just, just, just valuing each possession. I mean, you know, the later into the season you get, the more valuable each possession is. And, and we have to play like that, especially if we want to be a playoff team and you know, try to win games in the playoffs. We have to value each possession and limit turnovers. What do you think has been different for you guys defensively since the All-Star break? I think you guys are pretty close to, like, top five. Um, just uh. Um, offensively, you know what I mean, that helps. We haven't been turning the ball over uh, as much and different things like that. Then um, on defense, um, we um, continue to uh, just go over our shell. Um, we're able to uh, bring it down into Nurt, who's been a big presence at the rim, which has uh, been very helpful. You know what I mean? We've been able to run people off the line and then at the rim have uh, protection as well. And then when we go to our small ball lineups, we know like at the five sometimes with the mm-hmm. second unit, that's been really effective as well because we can black like one through five with that second unit. And it's, uh, I mean, usually your second unit doesn't have, you know what I mean, like a James Harden in it who could just one-on-one go uh, straight up. So if you can keep everything in front of you and the second unit has to now play one-on-one, that makes it really tough on them. And during those stretches, you know what I mean, we're able to uh, play really good defense. So, so just so we're clear, the Blazers are actually ninth in the NBA currently in defensive rating. But uh, regardless, that is quite the turnaround uh, from where they were. And by the way, that's post-All-Star. So that's only in the post-All-Star stretch, not overall on the season. Uh, I don't think Portland's ever going to recover from that uh, that terrible start to the season that they had on the defensive end, uh, where they were for a brief time they were they were looking like the worst defense of all time. Uh, maybe they have a chance to finish in uh, out you know finish outside of the bottom ten, which I guess would probably be a, a an overall victory for them uh, for the season, I suppose. Uh, but uh, their defense has been excellent compared to where it was uh and uh, you hear Harkless there uh talking about valuing each possession and then after that you hear Aminu talking about how uh Nurkic has Nurkic and his presence has really helped the Blazers uh with the ability to run guys off the three-point line funnel them into Nurkic and his rim protection and then uh, uh, another uh, interesting observation there from Aminu, and one that that's not wrong, is uh, that small ball lineup that Portland actually didn't go to as much uh, in the, the Houston game, uh, but they have gone to a lot over this 
past month and it's and it has been very effective. And, and Aminu there, he says, you know, they can black one through five on everything. Uh, that is is the Blazers' terminology for switching on pick and rolls. So uh, blue is just your traditional pick and roll coverage. And then black is when they switch it. And uh, the Blazers with Aminu on the floor can, uh, they really can do that. They really can switch everything. And uh that has been another helpful thing for the Blazers and their defensive rating and let's not forget that part of the reason that Portland's defensive rating was so bad a huge reason was that their bench units were giving up insane amounts of points like the Turner on-court defensive rating at the beginning of the season and the Crab on-court defensive rating at the beginning of the season were uh, awful and inexcusable for guys that are on a second unit. As you heard Aminu say right there, second units don't have guys like a James Harden. It's very rare for a second unit to have a guy like the Blazers do with CJ out there that is an elite one-on-one scorer. It's not something that you encounter often and uh, for Portland to be a poor defensive team in those situations was really really unexcusable at the beginning of the season and now they've found a little bit of a groove with this Vonley small ball lineup with usually you know Vonley, Aminu, Turner, CJ and AC is a group that they throw out there a lot uh you know that group has really done a a lot of things for them and then another thing that uh, Aminu pointed out was Portland has been running guys off the line better. And actually, since since the All-Star break, their opponent's three-point percentage is actually top 10. So uh, and, and that's in, in reverse. So they have the 10th lowest percentage given up on three-pointers, which uh, has been a problem for them. And you heard the coach talk about it with David Locke, that Portland doesn't defend the three well, and they haven't for the last two seasons. But in this short stretch here 19 games since the all-star break they have defended it well whether that's luck kind of turning around in their favor with shots that were going in at a a very high rate at the beginning of the season or just now not going in or if that's uh, better attention to detail and I think it's a little bit of both I think Portland uh, especially their bench guys have really taken the task of defending much more seriously. Crab is a guy that I ragged on for his defense, and I thought Turner, too, didn't really play that much defense, even though that was one of the things that he was brought in to do. I think both of those guys have really turned it around since around the New Year, Christmas, and now with Nurkic in, in the fold and able to protect the rim, I think that gives them even more of a safety net, more... Uh, confidence to chase guys off the line that uh, they won't get burned by doing that. And so uh, I think there's a lot of factors at play there. Obviously, Nurkic is one of the biggest ones, but Portland has played approved defense and they've defended the three-point line better and they've been much better on the offensive end. Uh, And and last night they didn't turn it over, which was important because... uh, there was a really good chance that if they didn't turn it over that they were going to score last night because they were able to find areas in the middle. They were really able to work the pick and roll and and find open three-point shooters all night long. So 
they were able to 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 score when they had the ball. So they did a nice job of 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 protecting the rock last night, and uh, you know they they got a little lucky that that Houston didn't shoot very well. Also helped that Ryan Anderson wasn't in in the lineup for the Rockets, but. Portland deserves credit for how they've played because this has not been it hasn't been luck you know they they're playing well defensively they're grinding out there they're uh, a well-oiled machine on offense right now they got the the contributions they got last night from Aminu Harkless Crab uh you know a little reminiscent of of the team that they the the run that they kind of had at, at last year uh with, with those guys playing a big role uh, and I thought that although Turner didn't do anything offensively from a scoring perspective, he did dish five assists. I thought his facilitating and his defense really added a lot to that second unit. And I guess uh, if he can bring solid defense, run the show a little bit, and get guys involved, even if he's not scoring a lot, I think that that Turner is doing a job there. For Portland, and if they can get that type of balance, uh, that that's huge. Will they? Probably not, because Crab has been super inconsistent this season. Though he has been better uh, since uh, around the break, just like everyone on Portland has. Aminu uh, has really been trending up, so maybe they can continue to ride this wave. I think, even though Crab's offense has been super inconsistent. I have been more pleased with his defensive play overall, and I think it hasn't just been games like last night where you get a marquee matchup. You're playing James Harden and Eric Gordon, who have been uh, phenomenal this season, so you get up for that. But I think even in games outside of that, since the new year or so, I think Crabb and Turner especially were just much more locked in defensively. But uh, you know the offense is going to come and go, but as long as the second unit guys play defense, I mean, that was kind of what happened on Tuesday where Crab didn't really shoot well from the field, but he defended well. He played hard He and, and Portland played well when he was on the court. And I think that uh, so long as Crab keeps that energy up, uh, I think good things are going to happen for the Blazers. So the Blazers are off today, uh, which is Friday. They have a little bit of breathing room before they get into uh, kind of a tough week next week uh, in terms of the schedule with a back-to-back and uh, a couple of tough games uh, against Utah, who is a very good team. But they get Phoenix on Saturday, who sucks. I was going to say... Oh, Devin Booker scored 70 points, blah, blah, blah. You know, they might have to watch out for it. And obviously they, they do because just because anything in the NBA can happen, so to speak. But I'm not sure about that because this Suns team is really, really bad. And uh, they really don't have anybody that can hang with Nurkic because their starting center is Marquise Chris and he weighs like 50 pounds. And... They are playing some dudes that I literally just had, didn't don't know who they are outside of Devin Booker. They've shut down Eric Bledsoe for the season, and Bledsoe was playing like an all-star, hit a game-winner against Portland this season. So he's obviously uh, a big 
part of their team. And even though Booker scored 70, I still think Bledsoe is their best player. But Booker is uh, phenomenal. So Portland will have to try and slow him down. I don't and 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 do do their best on him. But I really think that. Uh, they shouldn't. Uh, I don't think you should worry too much about that Suns game. Uh, enjoy the Final Four. Enjoy the Duck game. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be going back and forth. Probably catch that Phoenix game on the DVR because uh, the Ducks on Saturday are going to take precedent for me. I'm an Oregon grad. Our basketball team was terrible when I was there. One of my first journalism gigs was covering the Oregon basketball team that just missed the NCAA tournament uh, and made the NIT with Garrett Sim and EJ Singler, Olu Ashalu, DeVoe Joseph, uh, a fun team. Uh, I really like those guys on that team, uh, a fun team to root for, uh, that Oregon team, but not a very good one. And that was the best we had it when we were at school. Obviously, you all know that the Ducks football team had a great run at that time too. So Again, this is not for your sympathy, but this is more me just getting excited about the Oregon basketball team uh, and the chance they have uh, to to win a national championship. This is incredible. They're playing North Carolina in the Final Four after they played Kansas and beat them handily. This is uh, a Cinderella season. I don't really think, you know, I'm not going to be mad. One way or another, I think it, this season's already been spectacular for for the Ducks, but uh, I think they can hang with anybody. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, and, uh, yeah, go Ducks. Uh, Going to love that uniform combination. You got the Ducks, and then you got one of the Blue Bloods in North Carolina. So, uh, and shout out to, to Mike Richmond from the Oregonian Heels fan. Uh who we will be at war tomorrow uh, for uh, that Oregon-North Carolina game. That's a 550 tip. Blazers play at 7 tomorrow. I will watch that game. I will uh, give a report from that game. Uh, but uh, just full disclosure, the Ducks are going to come first tomorrow. So uh, I'm very excited for that game for Oregon-North Carolina. wish I could be there, but uh, – it, it, it is going to be fun, uh, and I'm very, very, very excited for it. And I think you're probably excited about this Blazers team as they win once again their fifth straight victory last night at the Moda Center against the Houston Rockets. They are off today. They play the Phoenix Suns tomorrow before they have uh, a four-game week next week, which includes a back-to-back on Monday and Tuesday in Minnesota and Utah before they come back to the Moda Center to face those two teams to close out the week. Minnesota, a team that uh, has faltered as of late, but they've won two games in a row. Maybe they're feeling uh, a little buoyant again. Who knows? Uh, But Utah is a team that really needs those games because they are in a battle for home court in the first round uh, with the Los Angeles Clippers. So uh, those two Utah games are games that you cannot count as wins for Portland because both teams need those games. So uh, Utah is going to come in uh, with a mission uh, against the Blazers this week. So uh, even though Minnesota is kind of eliminated, you have Utah on the other hand, on the other side. So Uh, that's what the next week is going to look like. And we will catch you next time on the next edition of Lockdown Blazers. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, 
Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. Subscribe, leave us a review, and we'll be back with you next time. Blazers on a five-game win streak. And currently hold a one-and-a-half game lead over the Denver Nuggets for the eighth and final playoff spot in the Western Conference. Until next time. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.